morning and thanks again for joining me here on Sin's Workshop. Today we're going to be talking about Bonfire's Moon by Catherine Purdy, published by Catherine Teaching Books, March 3rd of this year. The book is for um, young adult readers, you know, age 13 and over, but I'm a 28 year old woman who's reading this book, so I don't really listen to the age range. Um, I always put and over because, you know, I think if there's a mature pot, uh, plot line, you know, you can, you don't have to be adjusting an adult to appreciate these books. And I certainly did appreciate this book um, because it's the first in the new young adult fantasy series. And it was all in all a very interesting novel. It had a very strong opening that follows um, Bastion. He is one of the main uh, point of views in the story. And he watches his parent get murdered on the bridge. You know, this is something that happens in folklore, mythology of this world that we're reading about. So the fact that he witnesses this, it sort of breaks him and he becomes an orphan. And then he, well, he sort of embarks on this journey of revenge. Um, but we don't really get to see that, you know, because it jumps forward, you know, he goes from being a little kid to being about, I would say, 17, 18 year old young man. Um, he's teamed up with two other characters. They're kind of minor characters, but they do become pretty strong characters later on in the novel um, in their own right. But they are also orphans, you know, they did suffer the same, their same fate that he did, you know, their parent was murdered on a bridge at night. Um, it's always a bridge, it's always at night, uh, I believe it's always on the full moon as well. So together they, you know, they live as orphans and they struggle and they train themselves so that they can kill the people or avenge their, their parents in some way. Um, but Bastion's one of the point of views uh, the two others are females, they're best friends in the novel, uh, Elisa and Sabine. Now, I know what you're thinking, one boy, two females, love triangle, absolutely not. I have to say, I have to stress that, I was so thrilled that there was absolutely no love triangle in this novel because um, love triangles tend to be rather cliche, um, and they're found quite frequently. It's in young adult writing, it's, you know, you're a classic trope that I've noticed, you know, people are starting to step away from that trope, you know, it's good, it's fine to see it every once in a while, you know, love triangles, they do inspire lots of drama and a lot of tension, but there are other ways to inspire drama and tension, and Percy Purdy does that very well for her storytelling. So I really appreciated that there was no love triangle between these three characters, you know, I was a little worried that there would be, but there's not, you know, Elisa and Sabine, they're just best friends, and Bastion sort of tricks Elisa, um, but <clears throat> their dynamics, I thought they were all very good, and their voices are all very good, you know, they're all very different characters, and... I thought that was really interesting. 
as well. You know, they all have very different voices, very different strengths, very different personalities, but they all ba balance each other out quite wonderfully, and they balance out the scope of the novel as well. You know, the reader doesn't get lost when it goes from one perspective to another to another, and instead the reader gets to enjoy the journey and the character development of these characters. There's also something that makes them all relatable as well. Um, you know, Sabine, she always sort of feels on the outskirts, uh, like she doesn't quite fit in because she, I mean, she doesn't fit in. She has a reluctance to do some of the tasks and that would make her stronger um, within her, you know, within her group. You know, she's part of this very strict religion, you know, they're bone criers. What they do is they guide the souls of the departed to either, you know, heaven or hell, basically. And uh, to do that, you have to kill, you know, animals um, and take a bone to imbue your strength. But she has this reluctance to take life, which I think is very honorable on her part, but it does make her an outcast among her people, except for Elise. As for Elise, she's constantly struggling to get her mother's approval. Her mother sort of looks down her nose at her quite constantly, and I think it's always that dynamic of your mother is the queen, so she always expects so much of you, but nothing you do ever feels good enough, and you don't feel like you have your, your mother's love, and I thought that was very very well developed those dynamics you know her narrative um how you these two characters see each other throughout the novel as well you know you get to see who they are and how others see them as well and i thought that was a really good balance between those two to give more depth to their personality and more depth to their dynamics as well and you really get to see their friendship blossom uh, as for bastian you know he he is an orphan he saw his parent taken from him and you know it's it's left a hole in his heart so he's very understand understandable as well he's a very calculated character you know he's very calculated very thought-provoking but as the novel grows he becomes more charismatic uh he does become more caring and i that hole that was inside of him uh you get to see it fill and I thought that was an empowering moment uh, for his character development because you're seeing him soften, you know, all those rough edges. He still has them. But he's allowing himself to feel more composed and to feel more whole. He's allowing himself to open up. Uh, and I thought that was great. Uh, as for all, all three characters together, you know, they all, like I said already, they all do balance each other out quite perfectly. And they do bring a lot of their own tension to the story because they don't really understand each other. Like, Baskin doesn't really understand these girls and their religion and what they do until he really sees the outcome of not letting them do what needs to be done. And then you have um, the girls. They don't really understand the damage that um, they do with their religion. They don't understand what 
holes they leave behind um, in doing what they have to do. And I think that's also a nice balance that they're both kind of questioning this religion and this mythology and the choices, even the tough ones that uh, occasionally they do have to make. Um, like I said, the novel, you know, it's very it's very well paced. You know, there's a long passage of time, but Purdy is able to condense it and make it more, um, to make it faster, basically. You know, she she captures the passage of time quite, quite wonderfully uh, with the phases of the moves. And I have to say this too as well with the book design, um, the phases of the move changing on every single chapter. I thought that was very clever and very... Um, in tune with the message of the story you know everything's connected to the moon and i'm a huge fan of the moon myself so capturing the passage of time the way she does it you know she doesn't make the story drag i don't i don't personally think that the story does drag and it's unpredictable as well there are so many twists and turns in the story that allow it to keep feeling fresh and allow it to keep being interesting. You know, like I said, it's unpredictable and there are a lot of things that take the reader by surprise. And with all the complex emotions between the characters um, and the high stakes of the novel and the premise and the plot, I think this is definitely one of those books that I highly recommend. Um, it's an incredible new start to a compelling new series and I have to say this again please go ahead and pick up a copy of this book uh, Bone, Bone Crier's Moon by Catherine Purdy uh, try to find it at your on the digital version of your local library and if you're unable to I try checking out Scribd it's an app it's $9.99 a month uh, if money is really tight once again I say go back to your library or order the book online if you if you've got the money. Please remember to support your local bookseller, um, Barnes and Noble, Better World Books, Book Depository, IndieBound. Um, please remember to support your local bookseller so that during this pandemic, you know, bookstores are still going to be existing afterwards. I don't know about you, but I love a good bookstore. So once again, Bone Cryer's Moon, Catherine Purdy. Give it four stars. Go ahead and check it out, and have a great rest of your day.